0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and a very welcome to Liveline. Five one double five one is our text number. Louise mentioned earlier that today is the fortieth anniversary of the death of uh, the legendary singer, the legendary Dubliner, in every sense of that word, uh, Luke Kelly. You know, one of the tragedies is that. Uh, Luke died when he was 44, so in a few years' time, Luke will be dead, even though he died in 84, longer than he was alive, which is a terrible tragedy. Paula McCann. Paula, you are Luke's niece. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm Luke's niece. I'm, I'm the, the, uh, the oldest Kelly grandchild, so I'm, okay. I've, stopped, I've stopped in to, to Sif 2. Very appropriate that Jimmy worked here for so many years, so I'm in here in Sif 2. They give me a little oh, room yes. to talk to you. Sure, I knew uh, I knew Jimmy Kelly, and Jimmy was a great singer as well, and a great oh, great trade unionist. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. do, do you remember Uncle Luke, Paula? I do, and Joe, I have to apologise. I've just been to the dentist, so I, I think okay. I'm slurring my words slightly. So, oh, you're fine. forgive me. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, Uncle, you know, he was he was he was our uncle. Um, I mean, we we didn't see him as as this big iconic iconic superstar, as as, as you will. Um, we spent a lot of time with him. He would have spent a lot of time with my grandmother in my grandmother's up in Whitehall. Mm-hmm. Myself, my two brothers, you know, we would have been up and down all the time. So he was Uncle Luke. He was the man that we, you know, he, we, we my brothers, as my brother, my own brother Luke says that he learned his he got his love for cricket from Luke because it didn't matter what sport was on the television in Whitehall, and it was it was. The, the day before sports, you know, Sky Sports and all of that. Yeah. So whatever was on was on, and and my own brother Luke loved cricket as a result of Uncle Luke because Luke loved cricket, you know. Um. So yeah, he was our uncle. We loved him. He came from a very loving family, and uh, we were lucky. I was saying to Figra, she and on Saturday night at the 40th anniversary concert in Vicar Street. That um, like when we were kids, we all mm-hmm. just went off to to the show show because that's what you did, you know. And it was yeah. a big deal to go to a concert back in the day. But for right. us, it was you know, it was John. His dad was playing. My uncle was playing, and there we were. So, yeah, he was a lovely, 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 loving uncle, and came from a very loving family. So, it's wonderful memories of him. So the connection then is your is your mother. Yeah, Luke's Bessie, sister. Bessie is my mum. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's so that's two th- sisters. Okay, and, and, and four th- brothers. And thankfully, Bessie is still alive. Um, she is, yeah, yeah. Herself and Paddy. Paddy, the only two left. As, yeah. as you know, Jim passed away a few years ago, yeah, one yeah. of the last year, and then the youngest, John, very suddenly the year before that. So, and was um, there, when, when you visited your grandparents' house, was there a lot of music in the, in, the, in, the, in the house? I know they lived in Sheriff Street, Lawrence O'Toole, and then when those buildings were demolished, they moved out to Whitehall. But was there a lot of music in the house? There are always, when Luke, there was always. Um, there was, well, when they when they were growing up, Joe, I suppose that the singing came from my my grandfather. My grandfather was a, was a fantastic singer. Loved singing. Was all I mean, if you talk to people, you know, who knew him, um, you know, he they would say he always had a smile on his face, a real yeah. gentleman, and always singing. So my grandfather sang all of the time, from the time he got up in the morning to the time he went to bed at night. And he gathered the kids around him when he came in. From, he'd a, he'd a permanent pension of a job in in Jacobs. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, he would gather them. That's what they did. That was their entertainment, sing songs in the evening time. And um, then when they got a radio, he'd sit them down and, and they, they learned all these, these songs. So the singing was always there. Do you know, that was part and parcel of the kind of the, the family entertainment. And also, and as you say, your grandfather, Luke's father, your, gran- your grandfather, he was also called Luke. 
and um, there's there's a he, he, there's an anniversary this year, Paula. I don't know if you're aware of it, but I spoke to Jimmy about it when I was writing a book called Children of the Rising. Your yeah. grandfather, yeah. Lou Kelly, 110, 110 years ago this year, when he was 10 years of age, 110 uh-huh. years ago, he was cycling across O'Connor Bridge in Dublin. Okay, yeah. a, he was only a, he was a messenger boy even at that young age. Okay, <laughs> and and the the uh, volunteers had imported guns from Hoth, mm-hmm. and they brought yeah. them first to Marino, and then they brought them in, and then there was what's now became known as the Bachelor's Walk massacre. Indeed, um, massacre. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, and indeed Jack Yates is a, a painting. But um, your your grandfather um, was cycling across O'Connor Bridge. And a bullet mm-hmm. hit him. A bullet yeah. hit him. He was brought to hospital. And the reason I came across this incredible story about this incredible man, Luke, he, he, in, the, in, the, the, in a scrapbook belonged to one of the children that was killed in 1916, two years subsequently. Yeah. She, uh-huh. kept, she kept a newspaper cutting. I don't know why, but she kept a newspaper paper cutting Hello. about this 10-year-old this 10-year-old boy called Luke who had been shot. And the newspaper cutting says, Luke Kelly, 10 years of age, shot in the lung, crossing uh, O'Connell, O'Connell Bridge. He is not expected to survive. Well, thankfully, he did survive. And um, he went on to wear a magnificent uh, uh, family. So there's, there's, there's your family, Paula, as you well know, is absolutely full Full of uh, history. Let me bring in Chris Cavanagh. Joe at RT.ie, 51551. We're talking about Luke Kelly, whose uh, uh, 40th anniversary happens today on this last day of January. Chris, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. You perform the Luke Kelly Hi, experience. Is that a, what we're telling me about yeah. that? Yeah, the, the band is called uh, The Legend of Luke Kelly. And uh, I've been doing it for years now, but sure, we had a great night, uh, two nights in Vicar Street there uh, at the weekend, Thursday and Saturday, and uh, the Kelly family were up on stage with us and everything, and John Sheen was in with us, and uh, the audience were fantastic. And is it is it just songs that were made famous with Luke, or is it his life, is it through his music, or is his, his life story as well? Well, it's, it's, it's kind of a bit of everything, and there's a little yeah. bit of history behind each song, and... Uh, uh, we don't really talk about it that much, but, you know, we'll, we'll throw out a few facts here and there, but it's more about the music and keeping the music alive and Luke's memory alive, you know. So uh, there's a lot of songs that, that Luke recorded, and you'd never have time to get through them all in two hours, but we, we try and fit in as many as we can. And it's still in demand. You know? Your the, the, the show, the Luke Kelly experience, is in demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's very much in demand. We're playing the, uh, up in uh, the Grand Opera House now uh, this Friday up in Belfast and yeah. down the Cork Opera House on, on Sunday, so they're nearly sold out as well. So Luke is very much in demand, I think. <laughs> I hope you know? you're... Well, if you're going to the Opera House in Belfast and Cork, I hope you're going to the National Opera House in Wexford. Oh, we will be. We were there before. Yeah, yeah, it's a fine venue too. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of a lot of Wexford songs in the set too. So uh, Bon Clody and Kelly from Killan and, and things Chris, like that, for people for people who might not know Luke, what what is it about his uh, performance, his singing? What is it that connects so deeply with people? Well, I, I think it's just uh, the man was made to, to sing and play uh, music. He, he was just a musical genius, and he was. So full of passion uh, with his rendition of any song, uh, let alone folk music. He could sing anything, um, mm-hmm. and I think he just had a natural gift. I think I think America had Elvis, and 
we had Luke Kelly, and that's it, you know. I grew up. Go ahead, Paula. No, I think, Chris, and, and, and Joe, I think also the fact that Luke, when, you know, did the experience Luke had in, in, in England with, um, you know, learning the songs that you would yeah. call and learning all those old Scottish and, and English folk songs. I mean, they, they told the story of, of ordinary people's lives. And Luke brought that back to Dublin. I mean, back in the early 60s, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, that was completely new. That was really pioneering. So people, I think, really engaged with that, you know, that, that, that here was somebody singing songs about people and their lives. And people could identify with that. Um, and Luke, like, like your grandfather who worked in Jacobs, was a great trade unionist and, and a left-wing campaigner as well. And uh, he, his rendition of uh, Joe Hill... Uh, I dreamt oh, yeah. this. Uh, Joe, he uh, he never died. Is is moving? I'm told, Paul, that this is this is the song that you love, the opening bars of, and the song. Listen to it. It's incredible, Paul, the purity of that voice, the power of that voice, the purpose of that voice. Yeah, and the wow. notes, the holding of the notes, yeah. Joe, and the, the I mean, it still stops me when I tracks. It is it is a yeah. work of art song and music, you know. And the song, of course, written, the lyrics written by Patrick Kavanagh, the yes. great, great uh, Monaghan poet. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, stay with us. Five one double five one. We're talking on the 40th anniversary of the uh, death at a very young age. 44, Paul. It's um, unbelievable when you think of it. 44 was Luke was when he died. Uh, Eddie Pepper. Eddie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? Did Luke accompany you or did you accompany him? Speak freely, Eddie. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say I was just lucky to accompany Luke. Well, tell yeah. us what happens. Um, what happened was there was uh, it's, it's a long-winded story, but I yeah. made my confirmation in either seventy-four or seventy-five, and not a hundred percent sure. Of the year. Okay. Um, it was a Friday night. There was a Republic of Ireland were playing uh, a testimonial match in Flower Lodge in Cork, mm-hmm. and at half time, John Giles was on the team now and I think Liam Brady was just starting off his international career okay. all on, the, on, the, on the train on the Saturday morning after the game on Friday but going back to the game on Friday night at half time Luke Kelly played in goal in the floor the, the, the cop end we'll say Flower Lodge Flower Lodge and how, yeah. how did that happen? <laughs> what, it, was a, it was a testimonial game for some oh, okay. Some, player and he came out at half time and he had a pint bottle at each goal post <laughs> <laughs> and, and the lads were taking penalties against him. Now we must remember Joe, I was about 11 or 12 years okay. at the time um, and I had made my confirmation. My dad is from Dublin, he's from Rialto so I was going to Dublin on the Saturday morning on the train okay. I turned up to see his parents and off we went, and I think, I don't know if you remember, at the time there used to be a, a carriage on a train where there was a bar. Yeah, of course, and, yeah. Oh, and the lads used to congregate there, and all the And they were sold, there. I know, Eddie, in fairness, it wasn't just a bar for the lads, it sold food as well. You, you could get a packet of crisps and a, 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 a packet I mean, of Manhattan I, I, peanuts. I did fill up one crisps and lemonade as well on the way up. <laughs> but Lou Kelly took out his banjo yeah. and started a session on the train. And wow. to this day, no, I, I love all types of music, but to this day, that sticks out in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I, sta- I sang Two Little Boys, the, the old Ralph Harris song. Yeah. I sang Two Little Boys and Lou Kelly played banjo with me. Right. And wow. you could hear a pin drop on, in the carriage. Yeah. And the reason I remember it most is because not, I, I didn't know Lou Kelly. I know he was brilliant. 
But I, I didn't know that he was he was as good okay. as he was, that he was the genius that he was. But the reason I remember it most was the fact that my uncle, who was on the train at the time as well, went around with a hat and collected money off everybody. <laughs> <for> the <uncle. laughs> for, so, and the money made me a lot of money. Oh, the money! The money went for, for it was your confirmation money. It was my confirmation. Yeah, oh, he brilliant! Money in the hat for me for singing, and and to be fair, Luke Kelly said I was very good and the whole lot. But like I said, I wouldn't have known who Luke Kelly was at the time. He was yeah. just, you know, he was he was a guy with a banjo as I was concerned, but much much more than that. As I learned afterwards, he's he's just a, an absolute. He was a genius. Yeah. I know we bandy that word about an awful lot of people calling people geniuses or whatever, but Luke Kelly was the ultimate genius. Yeah, he he had a haunting yeah. voice, an absolutely haunting voice. And we, remember like, Luke, Luke, okay, he died young, but the, the connections through Luke are just, like I mentioned, Paula loves Raglan Road, Patrick Kavanagh. Uh, Patrick Kavanagh, this year's 120th anniversary of his birth. Which that brings uh, yeah. it back to 1904. Then we go to 19, which is the year <laughs> that that Luke's uh, own father was born. Then we go to 1914 and the time Luke's father was shot. And then we go to uh, 84. Unfortunately, uh, when when Luke uh, Luke died. And um, Bernie Boyle and Bernadette. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joseph. How are you? Good. Thanks. Joseph, my all-time favourite balladeer in the country. Go on, Luke. He was stunning. We used to drink in a place called the Castle Inn. You remember it there under Christchurch. Yeah, no, well, yeah. And they, they'd come in for sessions and not, and not maybe you wouldn't be doing much. You hadn't the price of a few drinks. you get a pint of orange or something and just sit there. But you never knew who was going to come through the door. And they'd strike up Jim McCann, Johnny McAvoy himself and all. Yeah. You got the best of the best for nothing. Do you know? And Luke, he you, was one you, of the you have a great phrase there. You use it. You said Luke could sing. A bus ticket. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Stunning. Absolutely haunting, it. stunning man ever. I was broken hearted yeah. when he passed. Say that again. He, he was, was. Bernie, say that again. He was the most haunting, the most, stunning. The, 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 yeah. The most, the most haunting balladeer we yeah, ever had. Yeah. Stunning voice and everything precision perfect. Word perfect. The gift of that. Yeah, he was very, oh. very unique. Very unique. He was very young. He was, what was he, 34, Joe? 40, he 44. He was born in 1980 oh. and he died. He, he, sorry, he was born in 1940 and he died in 1984 on this day. Oh. On the last I day of January. Simplicity. Oh, simplicity. Yes. Scorn, yeah. scorn yeah. not his simplicity. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Hear, oh. let's hear it, Bernie. Let's hear it for you. Okay, so, Joe, thank you, time. Thank you, Bernie. Bye-bye. On this, the 40th anniversary of the uh, untimely passing of Luke Kelly, uh, you heard, first of all, the song picked by Luke's niece, uh, Paula McCann, Raglan Road, written by Patrick Kavanagh, and then Bernie Boyle, one of the listeners, picked uh, Scorn Not His Simplicity. And between those two songs, you can get the uh, idea of the range and the profundity of his singing. Back after this break, stay with us. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And on this eve of the last day of January, the 30th, uh, we are marking the uh, 40th anniversary of the uh, death of uh, Dubliner Luke Kelly. Jim Mahoney. Jim, good afternoon. Hello, Jim. You there, Jim? The year is nineteen. Yes. The, the year is 1969. You're walking up Grafton Street in Dublin. What happened? No, 
Okay, Jim, it sounds like you're ringing from 1969. So we'll try and <laughs> we'll say oh, that might be better. Yeah, go ahead. Now, can you hear yeah, me? Thank good you. Good man. Sorry about that. Right. Matt Leonard and John Fallon and myself yeah. were walking up Grafton Street the sunniest day of the year, around July, August. And there was a young man playing a guitar up and he was busking up there. And he was singing and there was about 100 people listening to him but no one was throwing money into the basket. Hello? Yeah, keep going, Jim, yeah. <laughs> and next thing up comes, up, up comes Luke Kelly and he takes the guitar off your man and he sits down and he sang two or three songs. Right, wow. And he was brilliant. Wow. And so, next thing, he gives the guitar back to the young lad. He takes the basket and he goes around everyone who was watching, including walking down nearly as far as Bewley's. And he must have took in £100 for the young lad yeah, in 10 brilliant. minutes. Isn't that brilliant? And he went back and he handed him the basket and he was brilliant. That's what he was. So Luke, was like, Luke Kelly, at 29 years of age, when he was he was quite close to the, the well, he was at the top for a long, long time. So Luke Kelly, at 29 years of age, busked in Grafton Street, Jim. Well, that's correct. So I, <laughs> I didn't know what age, I know what age he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Now, he didn't ask any of us to sing because we couldn't sing. But he sang a few songs and he was brilliant. Okay, okay. And was he only 29 then at that, that, at that time? Yeah, he was born in 1940, so that was 1969, oh, so that would have been 29. And he died... Only, he died... He's only a few years older than me. Yeah, and he, <laughs> well, he died. He died aged. But he's actually... And so he was actually only 30 years of age at that time. Yeah, and he died um, on the second last day of January... Uh, forty years ago, so and he was he was just just uh, forty three when he actually died. Well, this, okay, this Jim. could have been yeah. This could well, be nineteen sixty eight. It was definitely yeah. sixty eight. Okay, well, it's it's, it's 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 still a young man, but he was it was great to see him. Thanks, well, Jim. I have to say, I'd have to say he was brilliant, and he he gave the young lad back to back. That's great. Isn't that great? Okay, that's a, that okay. Well done, Jim. Well done, Sean Latin. Sean, good afternoon. Your personal memory yes, of, of Lou Kelly. Of Luke now, well, as a young man of 17 years, just about turned the age that I could have a drink, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. that young. And we used to, I could be in our city, uh, Killarney Street there. No, and well, yeah. Lions Club, Lions Club was ah, still there. I know it, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, and in the back lounge there, every Sunday night, there used to be a great old sing song. Yeah. And, of course, I love to sing. Okay. Uh, I was telling you, Research there. I'm yeah. actually in, in two choirs in Bowman Hospital thing. I love singing, you know. Okay. I've even told of a funny story about my wife when we'd be on holiday. Um, go and give me a microphone. She said, for God's sake, don't give him that. You won't get it back. <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm depressing yeah. here something terrible. The Sunday night thing, and we'd have a few jars and we'd have a sing song. Right. And I always put my name up naturally. Now, who comes in this Sunday night? Only the Bell Luke yeah. and his mother. Yeah, and yeah. by the way, I'm reminded that old Dublin saying, if he's good to his mother, he goes to his wife. Now, it's yeah. a good man that looks after his mother. Now, okay, okay. And naturally, <laughs> naturally, he was put upon to sing a song, and he stood up. I remember when that, listen, lad, he says, I'm down here, this is my mother, I need a bit of privacy. I promise you now, I'll give you a song before I leave, but a bit of privacy. So we respected that. He sat there with his mother, your jazz, shooting the break, whatever it was, they spoke, you know, uh, so on son and mother had a lovely song and then when he left finished up he sang a lovely song of course that 
he lifted the roof, tore the house down naturally. He was at his height then. And then to my great embarrassment, I call it what you like, the guy that used to do MC, don't ask me his name now, I forget, it was a guy that used to do MC, but he called him, what about that and you're next to sing? And we yes. talk about a hard act to follow. I had to sing a song after Lou Kelly. <laughs> That's how I remember it. And what, so well, and well, what, did you, what did you sing, Sean? Did you do a Lou Kelly? Did you do a Lou Kelly song? No, no, no. Wait, wait, Sean goes doing a Lou Kelly song. Away on holiday again with me late wife at Rester. And both, like all the good wives, I was given ours. She was ballads on the night where we were, and she wanted me to sing Raglan Road. Yeah. And so, but I can't, I said, I can sing it on me, but so I don't know the whole song. So I was given strict orders there to learn it, <laughs> which That's I had it. to do, and which I did. And he is. I know, I know it now, <laughs> end to end. <laughs> like a, I won't get a word in edge with you. Sean, do you still sing? Did oh, you yeah, say you're in yeah. the Bowman Choir? And what's your party piece? And I'm not asking for it now. I, I, well, one of my party pieces is is the uh, Rags and Roll, but we've just heard the, the real one of that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I said that research out of yours. In my, to my, in my opinion... Mm-hmm. Raglan Road and Lou Kelly is, is very similar to, if you like, yeah, to Bing yeah. Crosby and White Christmas. It is. It's, it, nobody had to do it just like him. Another old party piece of mine now is on the street where you live, if you like, or that like that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, are Sean, you you're still, yeah, you're still, you're yes. still in, you're still, are you still in Lloyd's on a Sunday night? Uh, no, no, no okay. that's long, long, should I moved on with Marty and all that sort of thing, you know what I mean? Okay. I okay. haven't been in dead in years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But there you go. But well done. Do you want to get? Do you want? Do you want to give us one verse of Raglan Road? Okay. On Raglan Road, of an autumn day, I saw her first and knew that her dark hair might weave a snare. That I might one day be. I saw the danger and I passed along the enchanted way. And I said, Let grief be a fallen leaf at the dawning of the day. Lovely. Lovely, um, Sean. Are you going? Okay. Yeah, good. No, that's okay. your, you're up there. And what you, you sing to patients in Bowmount. Well, we're in the choir. We've done the Christmas thing, and I'm in the choir in, in, in the Church of the Annunciation. Oh, the up there, Bob. Oh, Fairview. Okay, lovely yeah. church. Well, okay. on Christmas, we, we, we do a lovely thing in, in, in Bowman Hospital, a group of us, you know what I mean? Okay, sounds uh, nice. Yeah. Sounds nice. Okay, Sean, good to meet you. John Green is the former chairperson of the Glasnevin Trust. And I was actually at this event, John, 10 years ago. Uh, you remind people about it, please, John. Well, as you all know, Luke Kelly's buried in Glasnevin Cemetery yeah. and our late great Shane McTomas, along wow. with John Sheen, decided to have a tribute concert to rem- remember Luke Kelly. Yeah. And a special guest was Michael D and Sabina. Yeah, yeah. And I was downstairs greeting the president and Sabina with Jimmy Kelly. Ah, and yeah. we had a, a, an advertising campaign going that was based on the name. So you had 1,138 guns, two bullets, and that sort of thing, play on yeah, the names of the people yeah. buried. And we unveiled one a special poster that night, which said, one million Dubliners, one Luke Kelly. Yeah. 
And as we were walking in with Jimmy Kelly, he looked up and he said, but that's not right. <laughs> My dad's buried here and he's uh-huh. Luke as well. And quick as a flash, Shane McComas said, there's only one Luke Kelly. Yeah, there's only one. There's only, <laughs> and there was only one Shane McComas, as you know. That's very um, true. And that's that, was a, that was the 30th anniversary of Luke's passing yeah. and that was a great, a great night. Yeah, great, it was a fabulous night. night. And people, I said it, I was in Glasnevin recently uh, at a, a memorial and I said it to one of my sons that there were one million people buried in Glasnevin. And he refused to believe me. No, he doesn't believe that, and I say anyway. But he refused <laughs> to believe me that there's one million Dubliners uh, buried in, in Glasnevin Cemetery. Now, Luke's grave on the day that's in it, given his anniversary, John, isn't it over? In, where is it over the St. Paul's part of Glasnevin? Yeah. Yeah, OK. Just in it as you go... Across the bridge, it's just over there on the right-hand side. You, can, okay. you, can't, you can't miss it. And it's so near it's near the great Cabra man, Liam Whelan, the footballer, yeah, Man United, killed in the Munich disaster. And he, he was an anniversary coming up for, and a commemoration coming up for... Uh, for Liam Whelan as well, but uh, well, well remembered, well, well remembered. I, I seem to remember John hearing a story of the Gravedigger's pub, Cavanagh's there at the old main gate in Prospect Square. Yeah. That when Luke was buried 40 years ago on this day, I'm uh, sorry, Luke died 40 years ago on this day, yeah. so he would have been buried within the next few days. After the, um, the obsequies, everyone, all the singers from, uh, you can imagine, you can imagine the quality of the singers from Ronnie and John Sheen and Barney and uh, I presume uh, uh, um, who, who else? Paddy Riley was there and, and said the singer and they went into the Gravediggers pub and uh, they proceeded to begin a sing-song but as you know John there's no singing allowed in the grave diggers <laughs> pub, and the man who would be here on Cavanagh, the, the current owner's father, who was who ran the grave diggers, and you know there's no television, no, but anything, yeah. and um, they started singing, and um, the he, the Mr. Cavanagh came over and said, "There's no singing in this pub," <laughs> and someone said, "Well, hang on." We've got the we're remembering the greatest singer that ever lived, right in Ireland as, as he was in those days, and we have some of the greatest singers still with us, from Ronnie, uh, all 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 the way to to Paddy Riley and uh, to to and back again, and Mr. Kavanagh stuck to his guns. There yeah. was no sing-song allowed on the day of Lou Kelly's funeral in the Gravediggers. Correct me if I'm wrong. OK, well, John. I, I hear yeah. it, but I like to think we made up for it uh, 10 years yeah, ago when yeah, the did. museum was, building was turned over to it. It was, it was a great amazing night. night. It, was it was a great just, night. It was, a great night. It, it, it was part of the transformation, the opening up of Last Neville yeah. Cemetery. It was yeah. a great, great which, day. Which is, and just to confirm, there are one million Dubliners buried in Glasnevin. Well over one million Dubliners. Wow. And still as popular as ever, John. People are dying to get into it. Indeed. The old ones are the best, Joe. <laughs> uh, God bless Good you, John. Great to Thank hear you in such such great voice. And John Green, as you probably know, when he was chairman of uh, Glasnevin Trust. By the way, voluntary, voluntary role. John did it for many years. And um, with George, they, um, they, and George, there was a great triumph for George, John, George McCullough, John Green and Shane McAmosh. And they set up the museum they completely reinvigorated the the experience, the his history, and the importance of um, 
of um, the Glasnevin in the history of the country. Back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And the legendary John Sheen joined the Dubliners uh, in 1964. Uh, John, good afternoon. Afternoon, Joe. Good to hear you. Good to hear you. So when you You're joined, when you joined the Dubliners, John, in '64, Luke would have, was Luke in the band then? Because he would have been only 24. No, Luke. Luke was in the Dubliners, I think, for about a year, and then he got a bit restless and he went off to England yeah. and met up with Hugh and McCall and people yeah. like that, Peggy Seeger, and did a round of the folk clubs over there. And uh, that left a huge gap, of course. It just left Ronnie and Kieran and Barney. Yeah. But at the time, I, I used to do duets with Bob Lynch, and okay. we were invited out to the, the, gig, the gigs and how to fill in during what uh, Ronnie used to call the porter break. That was the interview. And uh, we did that for a few weeks. And then, rather than just formally doing our spot and going home again, uh, we stayed on for the second half of the show. And Mm -hmm. people began to say, oh, the two new lads are fitting in well. And that's how I became a member of the Dubliners. It's just a a natural kind of a transition. And Luke Luke was back very... He was back within the year, was he, John? The year or two? He he was. He was, actually... We were doing a gig in Cecil Sharp House and Luke came along That's a um, venue in England mm-hmm. or in London rather and um, he was excited about the sound of the fiddle in the group he said listen I'm going to come back into the group but on condition that you stay so only for Luke leaving I suppose I would have never joined probably just okay. one of those strokes to look for me <laughs> and well, well John you're, you're speaking from a similar pedestal um, but how how do you describe the connection, or can you even explain the connection and the 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 profundity of Luke's rendition of so many incredible songs, the connection yeah. with people? Well, well, Luke never had to go to a school of music or learning learn anything about singing technique. He just had it had it uh, in a nat- very natural kind of a way. He was a natural performer, and uh, I think it was due with his interpretation and phrasing in, in songs that came across very strongly mm-hmm. to people. He had this technique, you know, of, of uh, stretching a note a bit longer than you were expecting. Okay. And that, that it created a certain tension between himself and the audience. Left you a little bit worried that he wasn't going to make it into the next line in time. But he always managed to do that. Actually, I wrote a few lines about that technique mm-hmm. uh, for Luke. I, I called it the long note. Would you like to hear Come it? On. Is it a haiku? No. Is it a haiku, John? Uh, it's a little bit longer than a haiku. Okay, off, a, you, off you go. Only, of course, of course. There's only the, eight lines. In the it. floor is yours, John Sheen. You know that. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the long note. You were the one for the phrasing, Luke. I love the way you played hide and seek with the pulse of a song. Stretching a note beyond the bar line that you left us dangling at a cliff edge. With the thread about to snap, you rescued the rhythm and reeled us in to catch a missing heartbeat. Beautiful. I love that line. What was it? I love the way you played hide and seek with the pulse of a song. 
Yeah, good man, Joe. Yeah, well done. Yeah, we, well, I know you're. I know you're an accomplished poet, and have been writing for many, 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 many a long year, many a long year. And John, yeah. the, when when you're performing, because you're still performing. When I, would, I saw you at Jane's funeral, um, do you still get people talking? Well, obviously Ronnie and Barney and Kieran, um, and and Luke. Obviously, do you still get people asking about the lads? Uh, sure, I did a, a, a nice spot with Ralph McTelvis oh, yeah. overdoing a gig in the National Stadium there last Thursday, himself and Tom Paxton and Declan O'Rourke. And, uh, yeah, he asked me if I'd come along and play a couple of, couple of tunes with him, which yeah. I did. And yeah. I did a, a little sonnet for Luke as well. And it was a, a great, great, wonderful reaction, I must say. Okay. His, his, uh, uh, his and John, a difficult question now, and, and the more if you wish. When uh, your favourite or most moving Luke Luke song that he would stand beside you and you'd be obviously uh, on the fiddle accompanying him. But what was was there a particular song that had a resonance? Uh, Raglan Road would be yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. definite runner, and uh, the town I love so well. I think he did a particular particularly good job on that. Okay, you've asked for it and you've got it, John Sheen, the legendary John Sheen. Uh, Good man, John. There he is. Listen to him. Listen to him. John Sheen and Phil. Incredible. Language 
that I earned my first pay when I played in a small pickup band. There I spent my youth, and to tell you the truth, I was sad to leave it all behind me. Learned about life, and I found a wife in the town I loved so When I returned, how my eyes have burned to see how a town could be brought to its knees by the armored cars and the bombed out bars and the gas that hangs on to every breeze. I think it was only about an hour ago or an hour and five minutes that we got our first call about Luke Kelly. We, we had other calls in, but and then we got more calls and then we did the first call, which was Paula, uh, Luke's niece, and it's taken off from then. It just shows you the resonance. And I'm even thinking every song we've played by Luke 
uh, and they're picked randomly by by our listeners. Every song that's played by Luke has a has a resonance, and I'm just thinking playing that song today, on this day, uh, January the thirtieth, um, and the historic events that are about to happen. Touchwood, um, in Northern Ireland, where this week the town I love so well probably. Uh, along with what Armour Cars and Thanks Against the Song about Northern Ireland that captured the poignancy of it and the, the tragedy of it and the hope of it as well. On this day, it, it now emerges that uh, Michelle O'Neill, a young woman from County Tyrone, will emerge as the first minister in Northern Ireland in the next few days. And to hear Luke, that's, it was Luke singing that song that put the whole idea, uh, the whole connection into my head. It'll be a remarkable achievement uh, for for Michelle and I know it's, it's her, she celebrates her birthday this month as well but a remarkable uh, achievement for Michelle and Luke as people who knew him and read about him Luke was um, a Republican socialist uh, member of the member of the Connolly uh, youth movement so history in the making and the songs that are being picked uh, almost randomly by people are uh, resonating with the events of today Joe at rt.ie Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And like a lot of things on Liveline, it evolved just over an hour ago out of one single call and we evoked the name of Luke Kelly and the day that's in it, the 40th anniversary of his untimely passing. And then I'm listening and mentioning, uh, scoring out his simplicity earlier, and the town I love so well, both of them penned uh, by the legendary Phil Coulter, who is thankfully and will be because he's still on the road performing still. And uh, Phil was born, uh, Phil and Luke Kelly were born just two years apart in the early 1940s. Noel V. Ginnity. Noel, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good. You would have been on the circuit as a comedian uh, flying around the country, and how did you come in, in contact with the Dubliners and Luke? Because uh, Noel Pearson and uh, Robert McGrattan and Mick Quinn, they had they had a management company, and they knew me, and they were looking after me in some way, and okay. they got the Dubliners to, to take me as a frontman, go out and tell a few gags before they hit the stage. Brilliant. They didn't need, they didn't know me, they didn't need me, but as a, <laughs> as a, as a group of lads, they, they took yeah. me on. Uh, and uh, the great John Sheehan there, it, w- it was a co-op band and they would all have to agree to take me, you know. And uh, I was going to a gig with Luke and uh, Stephen Fitzsimons was called the Doc. He was the driver. He was driving. And it was only myself and Luke. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the... in the. I was No, Luke was in the front and he asked me to get into the front and he got into the back, got the guitar, stopped the car, got the guitar out or the banjo and started to strum Raglan Road, and he was only learning it. Wow. And I asked him who wrote it. He said, Paddy Kavner. And I think he told me that Ben Kiley and Kavner put the air to it. And wow. the air, I think, is Fawn Yagallon Lane. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and how, uh, how did you end up as his best man? Or Luke was your best man? Because we were, we were, we were really... I was very close to him okay. at the time, you know? And he stayed here in this little house with me. He, and uh, he, 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 if he, he used to get his dinner here or food here. And he yeah. really wanted a round of applause if he, if, he, if, he, if he ate his dinner, you know. He, he didn't eat that much, you know. Oh, been, well, I, I, I'm sad here. I'm sad here listening to him. Yeah. I, I, I had a 3 one two four car 
And I cleaned out the back of it and I found this jacket there and I had to take it out with a stick because yes. my, my car was dirty and wet and yeah, water yeah. it. And, and I found a wad of money in it, a good wad of money in it. Wow. And I had to dry it out and give it back to him. Well, well, no, obviously younger listeners would have heard Luke's voice today and, and, and of course, can connect with it. But what was Luke Kelly like as a friend? Oh, well, see, Luke was a... Luke, all the Dubliners were intellectuals. That's, that's, that's yeah. the first thing. They were bright bright men, as is proven by uh, John Sheen's yes, lovely yes. book of poems there. But... Uh, Luke was a Luke was a genius. He, apart from the singing, he ha, he was always always stuck into newspapers. And I got the habit of reading reading the newspaper from mm-hmm. Luke Kelly. I he, he'd have a he'd have the newspaper day and night in his pocket. He he read the Hibernian paper at the time. No, well, John John McCahey's yeah, uh, brilliant became, fortnightly. It became, yeah, it became the Phoenix. Well, Luke read that inside out, and then he'd give it to me. And I'd write, re, try and read it as well, but I was only trying. Luke knew what it was all about, all that socialist stuff. And but okay. yeah, Luke was some boy. Some uh, what a, I'm so sad here, you know. Yeah, he was only oh. he he was 43 when he passed, Nolik. Oh, and I toured yeah. England with them, and I played the Albert Hall with them. What a what a thing for me to get to do with with those lads, like you know. Yeah. And I, I, I remember, remember being in England with Luke, and we were going into a club. And they wouldn't let him in because he had no tie on. Okay. <laughs> he had the bandage on his finger. He took it off and he put he put he made a tie out of it and put it on, on okay. him. <laughs> and your man says, "I'll go in." <laughs> but you say he was he was very well read. He was an intellectual. He was very when he when he took that year off of the Dubliners, he linked up with you and McCall, and he did the, that folk tour in the UK with them, did the folk clubs. Paul Simon did them as well. And they, they, they were activist clubs. They were, they were, that was music with meaning and music with politics at that time, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And I, I, I met Luke McCall and Peggy Seeger and all through Luke, you know, and, and Shane McGowan. I, but when you'd be in Luke's company, they only wanted to be with Luke. So I was very much on the periphery of, of anything uh. because he had a dominant personality, you know. Yeah. But and not trying, he was just there, you know. Yeah. And the night he died, and I don't know how this happened, but myself and Brendan Grace were yeah. upstairs in the Mirabu restaurant, which was closed. It was a Monday night, maybe he didn't open, but Sean Kinsler, it was Sean Kinsler rang me to tell me that Luke had uh. died. And I went down, and Brendan and myself spent the night in, in, upstairs with Sean Kinsler and his wife, yeah. L- lamenting him, yeah, lamenting him is right. What a man, what a man. <laughs> and Noel, yeah. how, are, how are you? Because people notice and remark during the summer, well, how long is it since you've, have you retired? Well, I was on your show on the time I retired. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't worked since then, Joe, no. Oh, I know the feeling. And how, how are you keeping, <laughs> Nolik? Ah, sure, I'm above ground, you know, that's what, right. what more could I say, you know. But are you still on the bike? I, yeah, I didn't go out. I don't like the cold, but I'm still yeah. on the bike. Yeah, yeah, not not too much, but I'm still on it. And yeah. Noel, I know, I know you'll you'll give out to me now for bringing this up, but you know this just the next few days coming up are an anniversary for you, which you don't want to remember, and that is the in February 1994 you were kidnapped. 
That's right, yeah, yeah, indeed, 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 yeah. That was dramatic as well. I was in this little house here. I was lying on the ground sideways with a gun in my ear. Yeah. And uh, the, my, my daughter worked for, for Mosegrave's Cash and yeah. Carry, yeah. and she handled the cash, you yeah. know. And they wanted her to, they told me to tell her to change the bags and put the empty ones out or in and leave the full ones out for them to collect and all stuff. Yeah. And were you, were you in fear of your life? I, I was more in fear of my, my daughter because she was, <laughs> well, I, I called her. Yeah. I said, listen, Curlin, do what these guys tell you. Yeah. And I said, they have a gun here and they want you. She said, Dad, don't be acting the clown. She yeah. said, this is, not, this is no way to be talking. So I said, I'm telling you. So then I said to the guys, there were two of them in it. I said to them, I said, this young one has no ready. She has no authority yeah. there. Yeah. She can't do anything. I said, get a manager and talk to him. So they got a guy, the, the manager at the time. Yeah. And they said to him, they were able to name his children, where they went to school, the wow. number of his car. And this, the one, they said, you, you, you get that money and we'll be up, well, wow. well, blah, blah, blah. And I was afraid, there's a long hall in this little house, and I was afraid to go up in case they were in one of the rooms off the hall, you know. Right. It's only, it's only a little house, but there was two, the, the bathroom and two rooms off the hall. And I was afraid to go up in case they were there. So, And when I did eventually get out, they had all the phones cut off. There was yeah. no mobile phones then. When they pu- pulled my Thank phone out, that was it, you know. And were they ever caught, okay. Noel? They, they were caught, yes. And, okay. Yeah. yeah and uh, I think one of them had a tragic time out. You mm. see, one of the guys was a handsome young fella. If, if he came home with your daughter, or he was a handsome mm. blonde guy, no mask, no nothing. I think the other fella who seemed to be the crook, I think he met him on the road, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> he, he, and remember, in the, in, in, the, in the true tradition of Luke and the Dubliners, you went on stage that night, the night you were held hostage, so to speak. It's yes, not I true. Was in the gate. I was in the yeah, gate in okay. the pantomime with the great twink. And she said, uh, it's a pity you didn't do this a few months ago or we'd have got another three weeks out of this <laughs> <game>. <laughs> OK, it's great to hear you, Noel V. Guinity, and remembering... What a memory, what a memory, Remembering Luke Kelly, and great to hear you in such fine, fine fettle. That's Noel V. Guinity remembering Luke Kelly. Back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Apologies for holding... George Murphy, singer George Murphy. George, how are you? Happy birthday. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Well, how this, are you? Uh, January 30th, 30th, uh, what, you're, in your, you're still only a child. You're still in your 30s. Your memories, oh, of, your memories of Luke and John and Barney... Yeah, to, to know something, uh, Joe, I, I was sitting there listening to the town I love so well, and... Every time I hear it, it makes me laugh because I, I I got the uh, I got the pleasure of recording that with with Phil Coulter myself, and I got yeah. to record a few of, of a few of Luke's classics. But um, there was a funny thing that happened while I was in the studio with um, with Phil. I reached the lyric, and I had always known the lyric to be "fed the children and trained the dog." 
and I sang that. I thought the take was going particularly well, and okay. uh, and Phil Phil just stopped. He took the headphones off and he gave me the curly finger, and he he says, "Come out here, yeah, me umfla." So I came out to me. I says, "What's wrong?" He says, "Sing that, sing that verse again." So I sang it again. He says, "You're singing the wrong words. It's uh, fed the children and walked the dog." And I I said, "But I thought it was." Fed. He says, "I know what you thought." He says, "But you've been listening. You've been listening to too much bloody Lou Kelly." And apparently, he he went on to tell me that back in the day. He'd had an argument with Luke, and that Luke had come out and said that uh, men don't uh, men don't walk dogs; they train dogs. Brilliant. So he allowed Brilliant. he allowed Luke to change that lyric. But if you listen to if you listen to anybody else's version of it, whether it's Paddy ah, okay. Riley's or or other people recording it, they all sang "Walked." And so when I sang "Trained," Luke or uh, Phil said, get, "Get back in there now and sing the correct lyrics." You know, so it always makes me laugh yeah, when I hear yeah. Luke singing "Trained." You know. Brilliant, brilliant story, and you, you, you have a great, you have a great um, uh, uh, depiction of me. Say, Luke Kelly is to Dublin, what Bob, Bob, Bob Marley was to Jamaica. Yeah, well, that, that, that was, that was geez, you, you, you don't, whoever done the research to pull that line did yeah. very well because I, I, I don't even remember where I wrote that myself, but I did. I mean, that, that, that is for me who he is. He, he, he is, he's the voice of of this country and, and one of the, the, the mm. uh, if not the greatest balladeer to ever come out of the country. So obviously I never got the opportunity to uh, to, to meet the man, but, but mm. uh, having, got, having got to work with Ronnie and with John and with Barney and share a stage with, with his bandmates um, and, and sing okay. some of his great songs, it's just an honour, you know. And you're still performing. When are you doing Gary Brown's play, The, the, the Dockers? When is that happening, George? That's happening in September right. on the on the on the 13th of September. So yeah, that that's a co-write uh, with myself, Gary Brown, and Damien Dempsey. Wow. So uh, yeah, that's so some that's some that now. that's some trio. That's some trio. And uh, I know there was a there was a what a rehearsal down in the wonderful new it was well worth a visit by the way the wonderful new museum in the Dublin Port headquarters down there uh, in Eastwall open every day they have an exhibition to Dockers and I know you did a run through last week and apparently it went down uh, fantastically well so that's that's coming up later on in the year George Murphy got to meet a mahogany where's Maeve Doyle Maeve good afternoon good afternoon Joe how are you you were up in where were you in Dublin. Um, yeah, well, we're actually we're we're from uh, Wicklow, but we used to uh, we live in Cork for years and years, and but we used to spend our summer holidays in Bray and do shopping in Dublin. And um, it was just a story that my brother told me just last year. I didn't know about it until then. Um, Dad and my brother were in uh, Bewley's in Grafton Street having mm-hmm. a coffee while we were out shopping, and Luke was there, and he t- he came down the stairs and he turned to Dad with hand in his arm and on his shoulder and said, "How are you, gay?" And it was um, <laughs> Dad actually looked very like Gay Burn when okay. they were both younger. So um, I was so jealous because I absolutely love uh, Luke Kelly's music, and yeah. Raglan Road is, is my favourite song. But um, of course, Dad turned and said, "How you, Luke?" You know the usual. Yeah. But yeah. Um, poor Dad died this year, about last year. So um, yeah. That's my story, yeah, Luke. Yeah, yeah. He was so. So many people have so many. And when you met Luke, you remembered Luke. And I'm also thinking, of what I think is one of the greatest pieces of public art, apart from Michael Biggs's wall uh, up in uh, Arbor Hill of the Proclamation. But one of the greatest pieces of public art in the country is the Luke Kelly piece in Sheriff Street. Uh, people, I haven't d- actually d- seen oh, that. By, by, yeah, by Vera Clute. Yeah. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Maeve, good to meet a Margaret. Lorna McGuire, I'm trying to gallop now. Lorna, you have a story about Luke Kelly, Grafton Street. Hello, 
Yes. Hello, Joe. I have I have a little story. Um, I worked off Grafton Street in the seventies. Yeah. Myself and my friend used to go down to the old stand on a yeah. Friday night. Yeah. And we walked in one evening, and Luke, you couldn't miss him with yeah. the big head of hair, sitting up at the counter, and he was having a drink, and we sat up beside him, right. and he looked over at us. We said, "Hello, Luke." So he bought us a drink, ah. and he said to us. He said, um, I have a decision, girls, for you to make for me. Will yeah. you do it? So we we said, we'll try. What is it? Well, he said, I could sit here for the evening drinking with you. Or he said, I'm, I have a gig up in the gaiety. <laughs> so we immediately yeah. said, oh, Luke, the gaiety, it has to yeah, be. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. And he had a paperback book on yeah. the counter and he always any time I saw him he wore a long tweed heavy coat he, he took the book off the counter into the pocket and he said goodbye girls I'll see you again and that was it and he always had a book with him and and the, the, those yeah. gigs the Dubliners in the gaiety were legendary gigs They, they I think yeah. they were on every summer or whatever for a set and, and because of the intimacy of um the intimacy of the gaiety, they went down fantastically well. I'm told you visit his grave, Lorna. Well, Joe, many, many times. And yeah. I said to your researcher, um, I've been up there, I've sung a couple of, of his songs around the grave, just, just standing there, you know. Mm-hmm. My own mother and father are buried in St. Paul's in Glasnevin, yeah, and yeah. I would always go over and say hello well to done. Luke. Well <laughs> Okay, Lorna, lovely story. Lorna McGuire, Dermot Coogan, apologies. Go ahead, Dermot. Um, your favourite, what, what was the song you you loved Luke singing? Hiya, Joe. Uh, yeah, my favourite Luke song was Kelly the Boy from Calan. Ah. Luke introduced it as a great rebel song of Ireland, but a great rebel song of the world as well. But uh, my, my own memory of Luke was, I was about 12 in 1978, and at the time, the, the great Dublin team were at their height and they played a charity soccer match against the Irish rugby team. And afterwards, I was inside the bar with my dad and I was going around getting autographs and Tony Ward was playing for the Irish rugby team. Yeah. And there was Tony Hanahoe, Jimmy Keaveney, Brian Mullins, Paddy Cullen, all the Dublin greats. And these were all my heroes. But then I, I noticed this fellow with the long beard and I, I recognised him from a couple of Dubliners albums that my dad had and I went up to him and I said, could I have your autograph? And he looked surprised and he said, sure, what do you want my autograph for? I, I'm not a footballer or a rugby mm-hmm. player. And I said, but you're, you're, you're Luke Kelly. And and then he, he sort of nodded and uh, I, I think I, at that stage I had no book. I'd, I'd, it was old cigarette boxes that I was getting okay. autographs in the back of. So he just wrote to Dermot, best wishes. Uh, up the dubs, Luke Kelly, and uh, it, 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 but it was a nice, uh, modest touch of him because he, he, you know, in the fullness of time, he has become such a legend and super superstar. But there he was, not not wanting to give his autograph. Yeah, I was so so so, but he was so connected with people as well. It was. It uh, goes goes without saying. Thanks, Dermot. Um, I'm I'm trying to think of as you're yapping, you're talking there, Dermot. Sorry, that um, of a song to finish on that would that would epitomise Luke. Uh, uh, Maria Bork. Maria, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. How are you? You're currently writing your autobiography, which is about yourself, obviously. It is, yeah. Yes. And um, <laughs> I'm nearly forty-four years in nursing. So I started mm. nursing in 1980 when I was 17 in Dublin. 
Okay. In a place called St. Anne's in Norfolk Road. Yeah, no. Which would be yeah. affiliated with St. Luke's. Okay, and your connection with your connection with St. Luke, as we know him now. Luke Kelly. And Luke Kelly and you know, I have a beautiful brother Francis who was born Down syndrome and score not his simplicity. We would have listened to in West Cork growing up and, you know, would have loved the Dubliners and loved Luke Kelly. And on one of my days off, I was walking as a 17-year-old mm-hmm. into town, past St. Anne's Park, you know, down Leeson Street, and out of a shop across the road came Luke Kelly. Ah. And I knew straight away who it was. And what would and you, knew, what, did you say anything to him? No, I wanted to go across the road, Joe, and just say, Luke, oh my God, what uh, um, an impression and what a beautiful connection you've made for me and my beautiful brother Francis and I couldn't do I regret it I do regret that but I'll never forget it his red beard his red curly hair and my god what a voice okay well well, really really well put Maria I think you're going to tell Luke that you loved him well I must say the music and you know growing up in a large family with a beautiful brother okay that really is okay. just the essence of trueness, and I had to talk to you about that today. Well said, Maria. Thanks for being Maria Bork on sound, Jamie Doyle, research, Richie Burr. Uh, Richie Byrne and uh, producer Ned Egan Ray Darcy is next and uh, Luke Kelly thank you for the day 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie 